Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. Amen. Now, to expedite time here today, I'm not going to um, read the entire uh, 31st chapter of the book of, of Proverbs. It's a very familiar uh, passage of scripture. And um, whether you know it or not, this is really a poem. It's really, it's really a poem. The 31st chapter of the book of Proverbs is really a poem. But I want to just glance. I want you to glance with me, amen, just for scripture reference to the 30th verse, the 30th verse, <clears throat> Proverbs 31 and 30. You will find it written, their favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. I want you to get it. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. I want to just talk to you all today. I just want to talk to you and I promise next Sunday I'll preach shorter and I'll make you dance next Sunday. But I just want to talk to you this, this Sunday from this passage of scripture. I want to talk to you on the subject matter, the Proverbs 31 woman. The Proverbs 31 woman. Let me start off by simply saying of all the decisions that life demands, the most important one, of course, is a decision to receive Christ, to trust him as Lord and Savior. A crucial part of that equation is reverencing God and submitting to him in obedience. And as pointed out elsewhere in Proverbs, this is known as the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord. The decision to fear the Lord and to receive Christ into our hearts determines our destiny, not only in this life, but also in eternity. And so the second most important decision in life is our choice of a spouse. Uh-oh. And like all mothers, Lemuel's mother desired happiness and success for her son. She realized that his happiness and success would be largely determined by his selection of a wife. And so this is her advice about what kind of woman he should marry. And it stands as a timeless guide for all young men and as an enduring model for all young women. The excellent woman described is the embodiment of all the wisdom instruction contained in the previous 30 chapters. Thus, this is a portrait of an exceptionally wise woman, according to our text, who fears the Lord. I need you to understand that uh, uh, wisdom is to be learned, but more importantly, it is to be lived. 
the most important place where wisdom is to be lived out, demonstrated, and taught is in the home. I'm going to say that again. The most important place wisdom is to be lived out, demonstrated, and taught is in the home. And because family relationships are the most important relationships in life, the character of the wife and mother is of utmost importance. Proverbs 31 shows us how a wise woman conducts herself within and outside of her home. So I hope you all don't mind today. I hope you don't mind today. Father's Day's coming, but this Mother's Day today. I want us to look at this Proverbs 31 lady. And she's going to show us how wise women conduct themselves wisely within and outside her home. Well, I'm just kind of going to exegete the text quickly because there's so many verses. I just want you all to know off the cuff, I could talk on each verse probably six weeks, but time will not allow me to do that, and I don't think you all are going to sit here and tolerate that, and not at least today you're not. <clears throat> and so I will go through it briefly, but it's very important you keep your Bibles open and follow along <clears throat> with me as I share. Because when you look at verses 10 and 12, when you look at verses 10 and 12, you're going to discover something. You're going to discover that, first of all, she has an excellent, noble character. She has an excellent, noble character. The first and foremost quality of a treasured wife is not outer beauty, but inner character. The subject of this message is introduced in the first verse of this passage. It is the virtuous woman, an excellent and capable woman of noble character. Well, somebody might say, well, pastor, what is a virtuous woman? What qualities earn her this title and prompt others to classify her as such? Well, the question is answered over the course of this poem, with each verse listing a specific quality of her noble character. Glance down, if you will, to verse number 10, and you'll discover that, first of all, she is exceedingly rare. I said she is exceedingly rare because the words who can find do not imply that noble women do not exist, but that like rubies, they do not exist in abundance. <laughs> uh, most people do not own expensive jewelry. And so because it becomes costly, and most of the time uh, we try to say that it's, it's, it's the luxury of the wealthy. But scripture is saying then that the value of a virtuous woman is far greater than rubies and greatly to be desired. And so the man who is blessed with a godly wife is richer than a king. If you sit next to your wife, hallelujah, amen, you ought to, you ought to, you ought to look at it and tell her, God bless you, I'm a king, I'm a king because you are a godly wife. And so, and so the Bible says that in verse 10, that first of all, she's rare. 
And then when you glance at verse 11 and 12, you discover that she is trustworthy. In other words, those verses let her know that her husband can rely on her. The excellent wife's husband has complete confidence in her. He knows that her heart is completely devoted to him. This virtue alone is priceless. Her blessed husband never has to worry about her loyalty. He never questions her motives and never doubt her words. He understands, he understands, yes, he really do understand. He understands the nature of men, that his wife will sometimes catch the eye of other men. Y'all thought you was going to shout today. You ain't going to shout today. I'm going to talk to you, though. He understands that because he has a very attractive wife, amen, that, 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 that sometimes she's going to catch the eye of other men. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But it does not bother him. In his heart, he knows that she would never betray him, never do anything to hurt him or cause him shame. Huh? She will always act in his best interest. His heart is secured in her lifelong faithfulness. All the days of her life, she will be good for him and do good for him. This, this, this woman, this woman, Always dress tastefully and modestly. Uh-oh. Never wear anything that is suggestive or revealing. Always behave appropriately around other men. Be extremely careful never to say or do anything that could be construed as flirting. Avoid carrying on long personal conversations with other men. Y'all weren't expecting that today, were you? Come on here. Do not have any contact with other men that could be interpreted or, or questionable or out of place. She do not pay playfully discuss other men with her friends. She never complains about her husband's her husband to anybody, not even uh, close friends or family members. In other words, this noble woman, she is trustworthy. And so therefore, because she is trustworthy, uh, her husband ought to know, amen, that God has tremendously blessed him. Glance down at verse 13 through 16. And then you'll give it there that she manages her household well. Hallelujah. Yeah, she manages her household well. She provides clothing. She gets up early and prepares breakfast. Uh-oh, some of y'all say, wait, wait, you talking about the wrong. Pastor, you ain't talking about the 2020 woman. Uh-uh, this is this woman in the book of Proverbs, but I'm going to say it again when you read it. She gets up early and prepares breakfast. This noble woman has a family and uh, a house to run and therefore cannot afford the luxury of sleeping late. She is up before daylight to prepare breakfast for her family. She then, she then uh, uh, waits until the sun goes down before she goes, uh, goes to sleep at night. When you glance at verse 16, she takes care of her household uh, affairs. In other words, she takes care of the finances, the purchases, whatever else needs uh, to take place. 
And so the lesson for today's wives and mothers is simply this. Learn how to make the most of your family's resources. Be thrifty, not frivolous or careless in your spending of money and your use of what you have. A noble woman, she finds ways to save money on necessary purchases. She learns how to conserve the resources, to make much out of what she has. She tried to stretch. Has anybody ever remember your mother having to, to stretch? Amen. I never forget. My mother had to stretch one chicken sometime for 10 people. And, and because I was the youngest, I got a hold to, to the neck. But she learned how to bless it and to stretch it. I need y'all. Hallelujah. That revelation. Mothers, you better learn how to bless it and, uh, and stretch it. She's always willing to put forth the effort to turn little into much and to make the best possible use of what she has. Verse 17 through 19, she is diligent and she's a hard worker. Amen. The noble woman will never be accused of being lazy. Her industrialness is emphasized throughout this passage. She does not merely labor from light to light. Her work begins before the sun rises and continues after it has set. When you glance at verse 17, she is energetic and strong. In spite of her extremely busy schedule, the Proverbs 31 woman accomplished all that was required of her by taking proper care of herself. And can I say as a wise wife and mother, you too need to take care of yourself. Amen. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. It is exhausting to think of everything that is required of modern day wives and mothers, especially when they have to outside the home. But like this excellent woman. You need to make sure you are able to perform the work you need to do. Oftentimes, mothers tend to neglect themselves in order to meet their family needs. But in contrast, the Proverbs 31 woman kept herself fit to ensure that she could meet her, her family needs. You can't meet your family needs and you not fit yourself. This Proverbs 31, somebody else say, preach, pastor. I'm getting ready to get anointed in a minute. You have to keep yourself fit. You have to keep yourself in shape. Exercise. Learn. Learn. Walk. Lift some weights if you have to. Get on the treadmill. But keep yourself in, in good shape and keep yourself fit because your family needs you. And the Proverbs 31 woman will tell you, you got to stay fit in order to assist with your family needs. And then when you look at verse 20, she's compassionate and she's caring. Verse number 21, I'm going right through it. She has keen foresight. She provides for the future welfare of her household. When you look at verse number 22, you all gonna like this one. She makes herself attractive. She makes herself attractive. The noble wife takes great pride in her appearance and in making herself attractive and appealing to her husband. 
not appealing to the man on the job, not appealing to the gardener, not appealing to the milkman, but appealing to her own husband. She don't get up in the morning and go to work dressed all nice and smelling real good. Then when she get back home, it look like a cabbage patch dog. No, she don't do that. She's always attractive. It's okay for you to laugh. There's good medicine here today. If you fix your hair when you go to work, fix your hair when you're at home. Oh, somebody ought to say amen, somebody. Every now and then, you got to dress up for your husband. Amen. Dress up for your husband. Amen. She keeps herself attractive. And she's careful to present herself in a way that is honoring to him. I'm going to say that again. She keeps herself in a way that is honoring to her husband. That's in verse number 23 if you need some Bible. She brings respect to her husband and children by caring for her own appearance. She tries to be attractive to her husband and beautiful to her children. Her attention to her outer beauty is one manifestation of her inner beauty. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Her attention to her outer beauty is one manifestation of her inner beauty. Well, so I don't preach too long because I want to get to the meat of this. And this is just the beginning. Verse 23 says she honors and she respects her husband's ability. Oh, I'm going to say it again. She honors and respects her husband's ability. She don't get mad at her husband and tell him he's stupid and he's dumb and he don't know nothing. No, the noble woman, the Proverbs 31 woman, she honors and respects her husband's ability. The excellent woman's husband, if you read the text, is a leader in the community, sits at the city gates. The city gates were the center of major activity for the area. Everything important that happened in a city occurred at the gates. This is where business, political, and legal affairs were transacted. But you have to note, note the great message of this particular verse. I don't want you to miss it. And, and here it is. The virtuous woman's husband is successful outside of the home because of her diligence and support in the home. Brothers, let me tell you, don't get beside yourself if you're married. I don't care how successful you are. If you have a God-fearing wife, you need to understand that your success is simply because of her diligence and support in the home. The virtuous woman, the noble woman, she compliments her husband's talents and gifts. She's not in competition with her husband, but instead she compliments his talents and his gifts. And as a result, he considers her skills equally important and fully supports her. In other words, they, they help lift each other up. They don't tear one another down. They don't think one is smarter than the other. They help lift each other up. She and her husband are a team that cannot be divided or defeated. Then when you look at verse number 24, don't get mad at me at verse number 24. 
But verse 24, let us know something. She helps earn the family's income when needed. Come on here. I said she helps earn the family income when needed. And I'm not going to dwell on that. Verse 25 through verses 29 says something. And that is she has a strong testimony. Hallelujah. She has a strong testimony. And although the noble woman is outwardly attractive and eloquently adorned, her true beauty is on the inside. Her true beauty is she has a, a testimony. Yes, she may fix herself up to look attractive and she can praise God and magnify God. And she can say, I sure thank God I don't look like what I've been through. I think somebody ought to get happy right there. I want to talk, but you ought to get happy. You ought to say, I thank God I don't look like what I've been through. I thank God that they make a little stuff to put under my eyes to make those bags come back up. I thank God that they make something I can dab on the top of my head or put on my head so I don't have to look like what I've been through. Ah, but thank God for Jesus. When you are a God-fearing woman, you need to understand you have a strong testimony. What is your testimony that after all I've been through, I still have, uh, I still have joy? Well, I'm getting, I'm getting happy. Let me calm down. She has a stronger testimony that God has been with me through the storm and the rain. You have a strong testimony that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, when I'm trying to raise these kids, I don't know where I would be. Raising kids did not come with any instructions. And yes, you've done some things right. And yes, you may have made some wrong decisions. But God, somebody say, God, I thank you. Because in the midst of it all, God, you've kept me. And so she has a strong, she has a strong testimony. Well, what is this woman's testimony? Somebody say, preach, pastor. What is this woman's testimony? In verse 25, you'll see it. She has strength, dignity, and confidence in the future. I'm going to say it again. She has strength, dignity, and confidence in the future. The noble woman wears, hallelujah, far more than the beauty eloquent garments that she sewn for herself or that she go out and buy at Neiman Marcus. But verse 25 tell us she is also clothed with strength, honor, and dignity. No matter how much you pay for that suit, that suit ain't worth a dime if you're not adorned with and clothed with strength, honor, and dignity. Oh, yeah, look at this woman. Look at the substance of her inner character. They, they originate in her spirit and radiate through her continence and demeanor. You know, people can tell what's in your spirit. It don't matter how dressed up you are. It don't matter how many carrots you have on your finger or how many carrots you just ate, whichever one you prefer. It don't matter what you pay for that meat stove. It doesn't matter what you pay for that, that, that suit. What's on the inside of you? I need to tell you it's going to show up on uh, 
the outside. Oh, how many of y'all know we can only fake it for so long? Somebody had a shout, I can only fake it for so long. But I need you to understand that the substance of her inner character, it originated in her spirit and it radiates through her countenance and her demeanor. Look at the core of her reputation. They are observed and attributed to her by others. In other words, she don't have to wait on she don't have to wait on opportunity to brag on herself. Uh, the core of her reputation, hallelujah, is attributed to her by others. She is esteemed in honor by others as a woman with a strong character that reflects the powerful presence of God in her life. I'm going to say it again. She's esteemed and honored by other women simply because her character reflects the powerful presence of God in her life. That even when she's going through the storm, people can still see the presence of God within her life. Yeah, she, she anticipates the future with confidence. Uh, she does not fear, according to verse 21, the unexpected because uh, she is prepared. In other words, she said, no matter what we have to go through in the midst of this pandemic, I don't have to worry, nor do I have to fear because I'm a woman of God. I'm a woman that fears the Lord. And I know that God is going to take care of me. She does not fear old age. She does not fear death but ponders the years ahead with a smile. She said, I don't know what the future holds, but I can smile because I know who holds the future. And I'm wondering, is there anybody that's listening to me? You can put a smile on your face in the midst of this pandemic, and you can say, I'm smiling. Why are you smiling so much? I'm smiling because I serve a God that's able. The future is bright for her because she has patterned her life on the principles of the Proverbs. And here it is, her life is established on a firm foundation. And that firm foundation is simply this, the fear of the Lord. In other words, she has sown righteousness in her life and in her family. And God promises that she will reap the same. In other words, I hear David now in Psalm 126 saying, they that sow in tears, you're going to reap in joy. And I stop my head and tell some mother, you've had to cry many nights. You had to cry many days. For whatever reason you had to cry, you need to understand you were just sowing. You were just planning in tears. Oh, but I got a word for you. If you fear the Lord, if you reverence the Lord, your foundation is firm. God said you're going to reap in joy. Somebody ought to declare, I'm getting ready to reap in joy. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say, after all I've been through, I still have my joy. But guess what? The joy that you have now, you haven't experienced nothing yet. Because you had to sow in tears. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, I got to move on here. 
Unless I hold you too long. My mother prayed. She cried many nights. Sometimes she'd be crying and you come up on her and she try to wipe her eyes and act like she wasn't crying. But I'm glad my mother cried for me. Had my mother not cried for me. Had my mother not stayed up late. Had my mother not walked the floors. Had my mother not feared the Lord. It ain't no telling where I would be. Somebody ought to say, I thank God for my mother. Always remember this. Always remember this. That living in the fear of the Lord pays great dividends, both in this life and in eternity. And then when you glance at verse number 26, can I take a look? Can I have them on time here today? When you glance at verse number 26, she's wise and kind. She gives helpful and reliable counsel. I'm going to say it again. She is wise and kind. She gives helpful and reliable counsel. Verse 27, she stays alert to what goes on in her family. She is not idle. She does not ignore any manner, any matter. Oh yeah, the children think that she's trying to get in their business. Mother's not trying to get into your business. She just stays alert. This capable woman is again praised in verse 27. This time in regards to protecting her family. Honey, that's one thing. You better not mess with a mother's child. I don't care who you are. Oh, you bet not mess with a mother's child. You could play for the WWNBA, whatever that is, the women's league. You could be seven feet tall and weigh 200 pounds, don't matter. You better not mess with a mother's child. You'll stand in the ring with Muhammad Ali's daughter because you better not mess with my child. She always protecting her family. My mother almost whooped a woman in a store when I was a little boy. And my mother was saying, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. But she said, the devil ain't nothing but a bomb. And she almost whipped that woman right there in Alphabeta because that woman was messing with her child. She is not passive in this area. She's watchful for anyone or anything that might threaten her family. The Bible says she looketh well. Verse number 28, she is openly praised by her children. And that verse says she rise up. Her children rises up. They rise up and call her blessed. Rise up means to stand and make a public declaration or announcement. The noble woman's children, hallelujah, want the world to know how precious she is to them. They're not ashamed of their mother. They'll tell the whole world about their mother. She is the force behind whatever success they achieve. They unashamedly stand and bless her dear sweet name. Can I talk to the sons and daughters? Sons and daughters, we should remember 
that there's nothing more precious to a mother than the sound of her children's voices thanking and praising her. Nothing sounds better to a mother than to hear their son, to hear their daughter sing praises and thanks to her. Remember to take time to let the world and your dear mother know of your admiration and gratitude for her. Tell her how much she means to you because the day's going to come, my brother and sister, when you're not going to be able to tell mama how much you love her and how much you appreciate her. No matter about how much regret you have, mama's still not going to know it. Tell her why you can. Appreciate your mother while you can. I do anything today to be able to pick up the telephone and tell my mother Happy Mother's Day. Do any day, anything. I used to give my mother a card every Mother's Day with $100 in it. And she would just open the card when he read it. She shake the card to make sure something was in it. But I would do anything today to be able to write that check for $100 and give to my mother. But when they're gone, it's too late. Hallelujah. And so if you still have your mother, I don't care how old you are and how old she is, she's still your mother. When we get off this, out of this service today, pick up the telephone and call her. Even if you ain't speaking to one another, today's going to be the day that you're going to rectify that. And you're going to call your mother and tell your mother how much you love and appreciate her. Well, I'm getting down to the text now. That means I'm almost finished. You look at verse 30, 31. Verse 30, 31. Here's the secret of it all. She has strong faith in God. Hallelujah. What makes the excellent, noble woman such a cherished treasure? What is it behind all that she is and does? Well, Lemuel's mother reveals the secret of her success. She has strong faith in God. And because of that, when you look at the beginning part of verse 30, what I read, that favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. What she let us know there is that she is not focused on deceptive and fleeting beauty. I said, keep yourself attractive, but don't just focus on that. Come on here. The value of a noble woman is not based on her pleasing personality, nor is it determined by her physical beauty. Oh, Lord, help me here. A charming disposition is not necessarily genuine. I've seen people put on so much stuff, and then when they took it off, we walked right by them, but we didn't even know who they were. I need you to know. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Y'all do know that one man sued this woman and he won the lawsuit because when they got married on the, on, on the wedding day, she looked mighty good. But when they got home and she got them taken off all that stuff, wiped off all that makeup, he said she looked like a monster, that she, that she had deceived him standing there at the altar. And who's, who he went home with was not who he was standing at the altar with. And she divorced him and, and won. He divorced her and won because the judge said that was total deception. Well, favor is deceitful. Thank you, Jesus. But a woman understands that beauty is vain. And so a charming disposition is not necessarily genuine. It may be a sham. 
I said, it may be a sham. Many people are masters at deceitfully betraying themselves to get what they want from others. We should not judge a woman or any person by his or her personality. The most popular girls do not always make the best wives. Somebody else said, preach, pastor. I'm almost finished. Hallelujah. Nor does the most gorgeous ones because all men want a beautiful woman at their side. But the problem is simply this. Physical beauty is that it does not last. The text says that it's vain, transitory, and it's fleeting. Uh, but look at the latter part of verse number 30. Hallelujah. The text says she fears the Lord. Hallelujah. She fears the Lord. And here is the secret of the noble woman. What makes her priceless and incomparable is she is praiseworthy because of her fear of the Lord. That is her reverent, submissive relationship with the Lord. This honorable woman embodies the attributes of wisdom found throughout the Proverbs. In other words, she has an impeccable character and she has great integrity. She's loyal, she's trustworthy. She does good and not evil. She's diligent, industrious, wise, financial distance. She is compassionate towards the needy. She is prepared for the future. She is strong and honored. She is confident and bold. She has great hope for the future. She controls her speech, which is always holy and gracious. She instructs others in truth. She is kind and fair with others. All of this is a result of her relationship with the Lord. Her exceptional worth is based on her fear of him. And can I tell every mother, can I tell every woman, can I tell every sister, can I tell every lady, your exceptional worth is based on your fear of him. That's what makes you who you are. Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 2 and 5, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Proverbs 14, 26 says, it is the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. That's why the noble woman, the virtuous woman, Proverbs 31 woman can have confidence in the future because she fears the Lord and the Lord give her strong confidence. During this pandemic, she don't worry about nothing. She says, David says, I once was young, but now I'm old. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, hallelujah. In other words, his children and his children's children children's children's children, generation after generation, not begging for bread. And here's the reason why. 
simply because the virtuous woman, the mother that fears God, don't have to worry about her children. She don't have to worry about her grandchildren. She don't have to worry about her great-grandchildren. Why? Because she fears the Lord and she has confidence. Proverbs 15 and 16, and I'm done, says better. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Mothers, whatever you have, it's better to have just that. And you know you have the Lord. It's better to have $2 and know that you fear the Lord than to have $2 million and don't fear God. I don't know about you. I thank God for my mother's faith. Thank God for my mother's love. Thank God. Thank God. I'll praise her at the gate. I'll praise her at the pinnacle of the temple. I'll praise her wherever I may go. But I keep telling you that my isness is because of her wasness, and my Shelby's is because of her has been. It's because of my mother. Somebody says, Well, Pastor, maybe my mother wasn't like your mother. Somebody you may have not even never known your mother. I need you to know you had one or you have one. Otherwise, you would not be here. But don't be dismayed. Don't become sad on this day. Don't become sad on this day. Because then I heard the Bible say, even when my mother and my father forsake me, God said, I'll hold you up. Even though my mother loved me, but she left me. Hallelujah. But I know God will hold me up. <laughs> How many of y'all know he's a mother to the motherless? He's a father to the fatherless. God will be whatever you need him to be. And then last but not least, verse 31, she deserves to be rewarded. I know I preached a long time here today. She deserves to be rewarded. And the Bible said her works are to be praised. It says the fruit of her hands. When you see the fruit of her hands, it refers to all that she has done throughout her life, both for her family and for her community. Please understand something. Oh, God, we thank God for you, mothers. We thank God for the fruit of your hands. Thank God for how you labored. Thank God how you rise up early. Thank God how you stay up till it's late. And I'm not just talking about those who've gone out and worked their eight-to-five job. Maybe you never had an eight-to-five. Maybe you stayed home and just raised your children. That was a 24-hour job. Hallelujah. If you stayed home and raised your kids, at least those of you that went to work from 8 to 5, you got a little break from your kids when you took them to the babysitter. But when you have to stay home all day and all night and raise children, that's commendable. That's a job by itself. That's a job that, that, that money cannot pay you for. Oh, but they say it will give you praise. will give you honor for the fruit of your hands and for everything that you have done. Well, let me close with that. Proverbs begin and ends with the fear of the Lord. And the secret of wisdom, skillful, successful living can be reduced to one thing, and that is a reverence toward Jehovah God that leads to establishing a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, which in turn result in living in submissive obedience to his commands. Y'all know Brother Solomon, don't you? wisest of all men. He began his reign over Israel walking in the fear of the Lord. He began walking in the fear of the Lord. But tragically, he soon departed 
from the wise path of life that the Lord had laid out for him and for us all to follow. And what happened was Solomon turned away from the Lord and tried everything the world could offer him. Further and further away from Jehovah God, he strayed. And over the course of his reign, he placed his trust in secular knowledge, power, wealth, great architectural and engineering feats, alcohol, carnal pleasures, somebody listen to me, and monumental success. And despite all that Solomon tried and everything he possessed, his heart remained empty and unfulfilled. And as a bitter old man, <laughs> don't get old and bitter, please. As a bitter old man, he looked back on his life with regret. And then he penned Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandment. For this is the whole duty of man. Because when it was all said and done, all he could say was vanity, vanity. All is vanity. Riches don't matter. Make sure you fear the Lord. God, I thank you. I thank you for praying mothers. Thank you for mothers that, that fear you, that walk in your path that are obedient to your command, that understands that beauty is not only on the outside, but real beauty is on the inside. Thank you, God, for our mothers who've labored, sacrificed, those that are yet laboring, those that are yet sacrificing. God, help us to give them their due praise. Help, help us to honor them. Help us to honor them in their life. Help us to honor them in their death. Help us to never forget, God, the love that they showed, the support that they showed us. God, help us to never forget. And then, God, we thank you because you are a mother to the motherless. Father to the fatherless, thank you that you've held us, you've rocked us in the cradle of your love. God, I pray that if there's anybody that don't know your darling son Jesus as their personal savior, God, they can't come to you unless you draw them. God, I pray that you draw them before it's too late. Draw them before it's too late, God. God, help them say the life of sin. Uh, too long I've roamed, but now I'm coming home in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you now for your word and you declared it would go forth void, but it would accomplish what you set out for it to accomplish. We thank you now. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap. You want to today, I hope.